You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Hey, still grab some of these, though, and invite people to the Easter service. It's good to be able to put something in people's hands there. And it does have the plan of salvation on the back as well. So it's not just trying to invite people to church. It's um, got the plan of salvation on there. So be sure and grab some of those and invite people. We look forward to a good day that's going to glorify God. So we thank the Lord for that. Amen. All right. Give me a sec here to get my stuff together. All right, I'm, I want to continue a message that we began talking about last week, and I believe that I want to begin by giving an intentional verse of repetition to you, and that's in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, 2 Corinthians 10. We've been talking a lot about the mind. We've been talking about, last week we were talking about shutting the door on the enemy, shutting the door on the enemy, shutting the door on the devil, and, and the idea there is, uh, we can open up doors unintentionally, as in given opportunities. Uh, and in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10, beginning in verse number 3, the Bible says, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And then it's parenthetically. You ever, you ever pay, do you ever pay attention to stuff like that? Parentheses? Sometimes I like, when I'm reading the Bible, sometimes I'll skip over the parentheses the first time I read it. Um, and then I'll come back and read the parentheses. Because um, he says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Then verse 4 is parentheses. Go down to verse 5, casting down imaginations. So this is how we're warring. We're casting down Im- imaginations, every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. But you go back to verse number 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So it's just an encouragement and an emphasis that we have weapons against the enemy. We have weapons in this war. And so, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. So there again, verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. And what's carnal mean? Worldly. Uh, yes, uh, indeed, it does. That, that's one of the meanings. Um, but it kind of, it's, the worldly part is more of a symptom of the carnality. Um, old nature, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a further definition, 100%. Because it, and, and it's really defined, really, in the previous verse, flesh. Uh, you know, in other words, you think about uh, one of my favorite, uh, well, I used to get... Uh, I used to always order uh, carne asada, you know, and I'd go to the Mexican, carne, yeah, right? So what I'm, I'm ordering flesh, I'm ordering meat, uh, right? I'm ordering flesh. Uh, and you think about this, how about, a, uh, how about a carnival? That goes kind of the worldly side, right? A carnival, carnival. Uh, it's, what's it based on? It, it's all to the flesh, to the old nature. It's the, it's the draw of the old nature. But, there, but really the, the main picture is, for the weapons of warfare are not carnal, He's basically saying this, that it's not our strength. It's not, it's not through the flesh. It's not through, you could say, our old nature, but not even our old nature in a sinful sense, just it is not up to you. It is not your power, it's God's power. That's what he's trying to say there. Um, it reminds me of this. Uh, 
Gerald, you can help me with this reference. You can help me with the verse, actually, even. But uh, what's it talk about that the, the wrath of man worketh not? The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. What's that, Pat? What's the reference there? Okay, uh, but that's the right. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. It's kind of an example of that. It is, uh, I'm going to try to get something done. I'm going to try to persuade somebody. I want to try to make an influence. Oh, okay, that's not working. I'm going to get really mad and get it done. You ever known people, you ever known bosses, you ever known pastors, you ever known spiritual leaders that through their wrath and through their anger, they're going to get it done? Okay, it got done. And by the way, that's one of the big things that we understand around here. It is not just about getting stuff done. It's about getting stuff done right. Because the wrath of man might get something done. But the wrath of man does not work, work the righteousness of God. Um, you know, it's like uh, uh, you think about David, man. There's an interesting thing. Remember how David took out Goliath? Well, how, how, I mean, how did God take out, how did David take out Goliath? God did it. Amen, that's right. He was trusting in the Lord. Therefore, he just went with what he knew, which was a sling and stones. He, that, that's what he knew, and he was trusting God. The same man, when Saul was determined to kill him, the king was after him, that same man went to the high priest and uh, this, is a part of the, this is part of the story. This kind of goes into Bible trivia, maybe. This is part of the story not too many people know. But he went by to the high priest, and he, and he went by to get something. Does anybody remember that story, what he went by to get? He went by to get a sword, but it wasn't just any sword. Goliath's sword. Goliath's sword had been kept by the priest. And so now David is in trouble again. David is under pressure again. David is facing a battle again. But this time, he's not saying, hey, that's okay. I'm trusting in the Lord. My faith is in the Lord. No, he said, I need to go get a sword. I need to go get Goliath's sword. I need to go get a sword that has already failed. And you say, well, I don't know. I think that was, I think that was of God that he did that, do you? Because you follow what happens next. The next thing, you know, he's in, the, he's in the camp of the Philistines acting like he's lost his mind trying to be welcome and invited in. So he goes and tries to get a sword that hasn't worked, right? And didn't work. And that's what, if we're not careful, that's what we do, all right? God says, trust in me. Believe in the way I've delivered before. I've delivered you before. I'm going to deliver you again. Trust in me. Do it my way. Trust in the Spirit. Trust in my Word. But then instead of that, we go and we trust in something that just don't work. We do the same kind of stuff over and over again and we keep failing over and over again because we're not using the proper resources. If you're a child of God in here today, let me tell you something. You are not destined to be a failure. You are actually a conqueror. And to accept anything other than that is to believe in the sword of the enemy and to believe the lie of the enemy. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as Savior, He wants to save you today. And He wants to give you what you need to overcome the things that you keep getting overcome by. He wants to give victory, but it's not through the flesh. It's not through carnal means. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Uh, hey, any, any, anybody ever like to try to use manipulation? Any of you do that stuff? Have you ever been persuaded or, or inclined to do that? You want to get your way done? I'm sitting there saying this stuff, and I'm thinking of guys that I know. Uh, I, it's sad to say that I'm thinking of spiritual leaders that I know. 
They'll use wrath. That doesn't work the righteousness. They'll use manipulation um, to try to get stuff done. Um, and, and again, I, I, I could argue that the motive is right, but I would uh, argue again that the method is all wrong. Uh, the method is all wrong. Uh, so, because I, I want to make, say this while I'm at it. When I talk about giving people the benefit of the doubt, you know, when we're doing something, somebody in the church, somebody you're working with in the church is doing something differently than you would do it or, or contrary to the way you would just, contrary to the way you'd do it, hey, give them the benefit of the doubt. And what I mean by that is in their motive. You don't have to necessarily give them the benefit of the doubt in their methods. You may be looking and your problem is with their methods. Why would you ever do it that way? But the thing is, don't judge their motive. Give them the benefit of the doubt with their motive. In other words, say, okay, I know they're doing it this way, but give them the benefit of the doubt that they're still trying to do it for the glory of God. They're ultimately trying to please God. They're just going about it the wrong way. Um, and, and that helps because the thing that I found out when I find people that are start trying to do things the wrong way uh, in a legalistic manner, whatever it is, a lot of times their motives are right. And they just need to get their mind right to help get their methods right to match their motives. But... The, the, the simple point that I'm trying to make is, is that some people use manipulation. That's a, we, that's a carnal weapon. That's a carnal weapon. What's it, can you think of any other carnal weapons that we would try to use? How about worldly psychology? Um, is it Colossians where the Bible says, um, oh my goodness gracious, that um, be not spoiled, uh, don't let any man spoil you through philosophy, through vain deceit, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Uh, so we can be spoiled, we can be ruined when we're trying to use worldly philosophies uh, that, do, that are contrary to God's Word. Yes. Yeah, I think definitely. So, so Ralph asked, would this be along the lines of like self-help books? Uh, and I would say absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, the thing, I, since I'm the kind of person that really needs a lot of help, amen, uh, since I'm the kind of person that needs a lot of help, I'm into self, a lot of self-help kind of stuff. But, uh, but I believe there is, but, but the, the self-help that I'm trying to look out for and look for is the kind of so, so quote-unquote self-help. It's not really self-help, but it's trying to show you, it's trying to guide you toward biblical principles how you can get help from God for yourself through biblical principles, okay? Uh, and, and that includes, that includes times that I'm listening to some, uh, Danny, times I might be listening to some pagan former Navy SEAL that uh, is not thinking about God, not, I mean, he's an ungodly man, but he, he's adapting philosophies that truly he may not realize originate with the wisdom of God's Word. And when you know God's word, you're able to discern that. So I'm able to listen and say, okay, this, some people would consider this self-help, but they're presenting biblical principles right now. Without God, you're not going to get too far with these, but I know this is where it's going. But then, but you had a Ralph's point, absent of God, this, some of the self-help stuff, and even quite honestly, there, there are some principles even with the, with, you know, I guess one of the OG uh, self-help and influence and leadership books on how to win, win friends and influence people or whatever. Some of that stuff's just, it's just a bunch of 
the kind of manipulation involved in some of that stuff and, 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 and persona stuff instead of what's getting down to the depth. Now, there's some of it you can take and you can, you can find some biblical principles in there. But, uh, but yeah, I would say that just because something may fall into the self-help category, I'm not saying avoid that altogether, but I'm just saying be very careful uh, when you're into the self-help stuff. Anything else that might be a carnal weapon before I move on? All right. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Uh, anybody tell me what a stronghold is? How would you, anybody got some example of what they would call a stronghold? Gerald? Okay, see, and there's a good definition. An entrenched pattern of sin. Um, I, I, can I, I just want to build on that. An entrenched pattern of sin. Uh, that's a stronghold. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pattern, but it starts, when he says pattern there, an entrenched pattern of sin, what it reminds me of is, is it reminds me of neuropathways. Uh, how that, you know, science, what ne neuroscience teaches us when you think a certain way for a certain amount of time, you start developing neuropathways. In other words, just like if you're walking along uh, a, 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 a thick, uh, the edge of a thick forest and you're trying to think about how to get in, normally you're going to go in in the path of least resistance to where there's already a trail worn there. And our brains work the same way. This maybe is a, this is a, this is a good example, although it's a horrible example. People who get addicted to pornography, they're neuropathways, so they develop pathways. And they get to the point to where they cannot look at a woman in, as, a, as, a, like as just a person, as, a, as somebody that they could be a friend with, as somebody that they can just talk, they, they, they can't because their, their, their mind just has this wore down path that that's the way they see things. It affects uh, the way you do it. Uh, so that's, that may be a good definition, good definition of a stronghold, then an example of a stronghold. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and, and Ralph said addictions. Um, some of this pattern, it goes into thought patterns. I, I've used the example before of people who were basically cursed when they were children. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the curse as in, you know, you know, type of thing, nothing like that. I'm talking about just, the Bible says that we can speak blessings on people uh, and, and, and speak cursing. I mean, the Bible talks about blessing and cursing. And uh, some of us have been told things from the time that we were children uh, that get, they, they, they develop strongholds in our minds. That's a pattern of thinking uh, that is contrary to the Word of God. They, they started when we were just kids. We may have gotten saved years after that, but those strongholds are still there. And we just, it's a pattern. It's just, it's just a, a thing that we keep on believing. A stronghold is, it's just a sin that you, and it's a, it's a grip that Satan has. We preached not too long about breaking the grip. Uh, it's a grip that's hard to escape. Has anybody ever uh, felt like you got victory over something, then it comes back on you again? Right? You do good for a few weeks, you do good for a couple months, then all of a sudden you're back in that place again. Well, that's, an, that's a good example of a stronghold as well any other examples of uh spiritual strongholds this morning pride. yeah pride uh pride is a spiritual stronghold absolutely it's one that the bible warns warns about regularly um anyone before i move on from that spiritual strongholds but here's what it says our strongholds can be cast down they can be tore down through god 
And the way he says is by casting down imaginations. I'll just hang this here for now, I guess. Um, does that look awful? <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lucas. Um, I always wanted to do that. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. I, I know I'm taking my time and I know these are things that, that you, we've heard a lot. But there's sometimes, I, I, I remember getting teased sometimes in, in times past to where it's like, Pastor, you're starting this, you're in this series and it's a Wednesday night or whatever or it's Sunday school and you start off and you said, okay, let's review. And then I just start asking some questions. And then somebody says, Pastor, why are you reviewing this again? You talked about it last week. You talked about because nobody's answering my questions or they're not answering them right. So it's like, let's do it again. Let's get it because the idea is not just to sit there and be like, you know, I, I'm not here to entertain you today. Uh, I'm here to help you. God's word is not being shared just so that you can say, yep, I heard it. I learned something. It's good to hear and learn something. But there's a big D word that sometimes we miss out on in relation to hearing the word and that's do. So how do you apply this to your life? And so to me, it's important that I'm not just covering some material. It's important to me that we are being instructed on how... Think about it this way. We're talking about warfare, right? That means you are a soldier. That means you are engaged in warfare. One of the really bad things about... If you're engaged in warfare and you don't know it, Right? You remember America? Was that in the 90s? USS Cole gets, uh, gets uh, you know, a boat runs into that and, and kills many uh, 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 seamen there. Uh, before that, the World Trade Center basement gets bombed. Um, you know, there's an embassy attack here. I'm sure we could go through some other things. We were at war, folks. We just didn't know it. The enemy knew it. And that's why the enemy was plotting the whole time uh, to say, okay, well, let's see what else we can do. And, and, and they didn't realize that those events were leading up to and in some way culminated in 9-11. We didn't realize we were at war. Now, you, you could argue and say, no, preacher, there was people that realized it, but, uh, but I don't think people realized the extent. You remember when people, I can remember when, when it was the thing just to make fun of those dudes, Right? They would show the training videos of those terrorists, those, uh, those Muslim terrorists play, training in the desert, and they got like, they got like a playground. They're going through oh, across monkey bars, and they're doing all, and they're just like, look, those guys are a joke. You know, I mean, we're Americans, we're soldiers. Those guys don't, we, we don't have to worry about those guys. That's weak stuff, man. Uh, and, but guess what? Their resolve, their resolve was something that was definitely underestimated. The point I'm just simply trying to make is, if you're a soldier, and if you're being encouraged, if you're, being, if you're getting together, think of it this way. We're trying to get together today and form a battle plan because you're in war this week. If we could really look at each other's minds and think about it, there's some of us that are just flat out captive this morning. We're like POWs, man. We, we, we are, we, we, the things of our past got such a hold on us, we're already held up. We're already in a place where we, we're not experiencing victory. We've, we've been beat, it seems like. But I'm trying to tell you how you got the key to get out, amen, and how that you can get the victory because the, here's the wonderful thing that, 
that if I don't say anything else about it in terms of spiritual warfare, folks, the victory was won at the cross. Through what Jesus did on the cross and through His resurrection, the victory is won. We just have to learn to claim that, to appropriate that, to make that a reality in our lives. It's a war. So imagine here we are this week. Can you imagine a group of soldiers literally getting ready to go out on an objective, to go out into a battle, and the soldiers just be sitting there? That's interesting. Cool, General, that's a, that's a cool, that's a, that's a nice idea. Oh, I like the way you're moving those little figurines around on that board. No, they're like, okay, look, this, we're in a battle. So in other words, I'm just trying to say, I want to do my best to help equip you and myself through the Word of God to win this battle. So that's why I'm going over it again, casting down imaginations. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Talked about it before, but the idea is any high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. A simple way to say that is this way. Anything that says something contrary to the Word of God. We talk about voices, right? I preached about that a couple weeks ago along these same lines. Uh, anything that's telling you something opposite of what God says. The Bible says cast that down. The Bible says get rid of that. The Bible says overcome that. The Bible says we're able to pull that down. We need to overcome that. We need to cast it down. We need to bring it to captivity. Think about this. So here's one of the things the Bible's saying here that I'm trying to get to is that we need to learn how to deal with the way we think and deal with our minds because he's saying we need to bring our thoughts captive to Christ instead of our thoughts taking us captive. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Can you? I mean, I feel like we've all lived here in some way or the other. Um, and, and listen, as I speak to you today, this isn't, yep, I won this battle 20 years ago and, 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 and this is that. No, this is, this is a battle that I have won. This is a battle that God has given me victory over. But it's a battle that I'll be fighting for the next few hours and then on after that. Amen? In other words, it's a constant battle. Uh, but we have a vict we have victory, but we've got to learn, instead of letting our thoughts take us captive, we need to learn to take our thoughts captive into the obedience of Christ. And how do we do that? By knowing the Word of God, by knowing the truth of God's Word. And listen, even if you, you may not be saved all that long, you say, man, I don't really know much about the Bible. Well, start learning something about it. You know, that, that can be remedied. <laughs> that can be remedied. I, I, I use the illustration sometimes. I remember... Uh, when I was, uh, I don't know how old I was, Cade, but I think I was uh, probably a uh, sophomore, somewhere in that range, uh, maybe in my junior year. Uh, I wanted to take another gym class, obviously, um, rather than like a real class. Um, but I wanted to take another gym class, so I took weightlifting, because you can't just do gym every time. So I did weightlifting. I did weightlifting, and then I went and played basketball. That's, I signed up for weightlifting, went out and played basketball. And I kind of wanted to go in the weight room, and every once in a while the coach would come out and say, Jesse, you're supposed to be in there lifting, man. But uh, there was a problem with lifting. I wasn't very strong. Uh, so I didn't want to go to the weight room because I wasn't very strong. Does anybody see a problem with this reasoning? It's an understandable line of thinking. Okay, thank you, Kurt. Kurt said, Kurt's a coach. He says that is not an understandable line of thinking. No. Okay, buddy. 
Maybe get into the weight room and maybe you can get stronger. Okay. But that's how, that's how a lot of Christians are, you know. Oh, I, I don't, I'm not a very good Christian. I don't know. And how about the, I can't read the Bible and I can't understand the Bible and I can't memorize Scripture and I can't and I can't and I can't and I can't. Says who? When the God of heaven said, you can know the truth, Oh, no, God, not me. I can't. You, know, you want to know, you know, what, you know what that is? That is knowledge that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. God says one thing, you're saying another thing. You're believing another thing. Uh, right? So you, you say, I don't know much. Start learning. That can be fixed. I can't memorize. Well, yeah, you can't because you don't try. My dad, my dad uh, he, he was a, a philosopher in many ways. Uh, he, he had an 8th grade education, but he was a philosopher in many ways. And, uh, and I remember one of the things he said is, uh, Cain never could do nothing because it never tried. And you don't know that's good English, but it is. Cain never could do nothing because it never tried. Um, that's the problem with Cain. And I know some of y'all got a, a more Yankee way to say it, but that's the way he taught me. Cain can't do nothing because it's not trying. And so make an effort uh, to get into the Word of God, to know the Word of God, to be under the hearing of the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Uh, so you can be victorious in this way. And I'm trying to get over here to my points um, in, my, in my notes here. If we do not learn to control our mind, we will find our lives out of control. Now again, I'm not just up here talking theoretical stuff, am I? I feel like... If, we, if you're listening today, you can understand and identify with what I just said right there. I think every one of us can find times in our lives, area, maybe whole areas of our life right now that are out of control because our minds are out of control. I think we can all identify with that statement. If we don't learn to get our minds under control, our, we'll find our lives out of control. The reason many are defeated or become defeated is because we've not learned the scriptural principle of how to control the mind. So uh, I don't know if we've been accused of this in, in, in a long time, but I, I've, I've heard of, uh, I remember, I, I know some churches, well, I shouldn't say that because some churches are guilty of it in a negative sense, but uh, mind control, right? We're talking about mind control, but we're not talking about me having mind control over you or somebody else having mind control over me. It's just the, it's us learning to control our minds as individuals, with the help of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, and again, I want to reiterate right here, I don't know the hearts of all that are here or the hearts of those who may be listening or listen later because I want to say the most important thing and the most important victory you need to win is to make sure that you know Christ as your Savior. Uh, that's the most important thing you need because the rest of this may not be as helpful to you if you don't win that first victory, which is trusting Christ and uh, allowing Him to forgive you of your sins and make you a child of God. Um, so it says to the pulling down of strongholds. Again, that means to take down, tear down walls, buildings. Um, one, of the verses, one of the key verses that I've used in this study, again, verses that have... I, anybody else, I can think of verses that have transformed me as an individual. Totally transformed me. God spoke and some things happened in the beginning, didn't it? Did you know God's still speaking and some things will still happen? 
If you'll be a hearer and, and, you, will, and you will hear the word of God and allow God to work in your life. Because literally, I'm sharing verses with you, not that were cool that I learned one day. I'm sharing verses with you that have transformed my life. And even though I get in the battle, and even though sometimes I get on the, the wrong end of the battle sometimes, and the wrong end of a fight, these things have helped me to be able to fight back and get back on top again by the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And so this is one of the verses, one of the passages. Another one that really, I feel like it was a truly transformative part of my life, uh, <laughs> Murray, uh, is when... Uh, it is Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove, in other words, your life will show, that you may prove what is that good, and acceptable, and the perfect will of God, and that's what God wants for our lives. That was a verse that I said, okay, Lord, I want to present my body. I want to give my life. I want to be, I'm tired of being conformed. And I'll say this again. I keep going back to mentioning spiritual leadership and poor spiritual leadership. Poor spiritual leadership is based on conforming. That's poor spiritual leadership. That's a poor spiritual model. Uh, there's a lot of spiritual leaders, pastors and so forth that just try to pressure people into conforming. Okay, you're doing everything just right, you're looking just right, everything's good, good. You're keeping all the rules, you're checking every box, uh, all that, good. Hey, by the way, can I tell you that some of the guidelines that we're trying to get into place as a church is trying to let people know that that's not what we do? Some people say, oh, preacher, you're putting in these things. You're up there preaching, and you're putting in. No, I'm not. I'm trying to put some things into place saying, no, not the way we do it. Not the way we do it. Um, but, but, but there's a conforming. I'm not interested in having a ministry of, of, of people conforming. Uh, you say, well, preacher, it's conforming to good things. Well, you can argue that. But again, if it's not in the right way and if it's not in the right heart, then it's wrong. And that's where you develop all kinds of very unhealthy habits within these churches because the people that conform end up being the ones that are in. The people that don't conform are the ones that kind of be, end up being out. Uh, and this is the ones where don't ask me questions and this is the one where people twist scriptures. This is the ones where, this is the one, and I'm telling you it fires me up because it's wrong. But this is the one to where these guys, their answer for everything, you know, Oh, so pastor, why, why do you think I should wear a tie? Why, why, why must I wear a tie? Because the Bible says, be not conformed to this world. The Bible says, love not the world. Oh, okay. I don't have much time for that joker. I used to be that joker. But I don't have time for that, amen? That's wrong. It's not about conforming. It's about being transformed. Amen? Transformed. People, you, know, you, want, you want to know why people don't like transformation? It takes time. Hey, can I say something right here? This is serious. I talked about this, all right? 
So we know that that is the attitude and the spirit of our church, right? Giving people time, giving time for transformation. Conforming is quicker. Get in their face, preacher. Make them conform. Make them do this. That's not my job. I'm going to love them. I'm going to teach them and, let, and watch God transform us. And have we not seen God do that? Have we, not, have we not seen God do that? Yes, we have. But here's the other part of that. What about people like some of us that, can, that, used, to be con, that used to be from the conforming background? And, and, and then somebody says, oh, preacher, I'm not so sure... Uh, you know, about, about I, I, I know, boy, it seems like they're kind of pushing this or pushing that. So preacher, what you need to do is you need to get in their faces and make them conform to our way of transformation. You need to nip this in the bud, preacher. Wait, I thought that's what you didn't want. Well, I want it now. Uh, you know, so, uh, but we're not about that. We're being patient. We're, we're, we're allowing God's truth to transform. That's what we do by the grace of God. Um, but that starts with the mind. Uh, and then I, I know i got to stop. <coughs> Excuse me. By the renewing of your mind. I've used this example, but if you look around this church, you're seeing things get tore down. And by the way, if you think that we're getting too much about the building, see us at, at check in a year once we're done with remodeling, okay? Uh, I, I thought about that. If, if, check in a year. We're in the, we got tiles tore out of the ceiling, so of course we're talking about the building. We're trying to get that done, okay? But in a year, if it still seems that, man, that's all, why, is it, why is people talking about the building every time we're here? If it's still that way in a year, see me, because we are not trying to build a monument, and we're not, listen, because the, the church is a movement, not a monument. Amen. Uh, we're not building a monument. Amen. Uh, we're just trying to have a place that, rep that we believe represents well our message, uh, which is transformation, which is the love of Christ, which is the gospel. And we want people to be welcome in that environment. But um, I, I say all that to say that we tear stuff out. You don't just tear those ceiling tiles out if you go see some ceiling tiles tore out and leave it there. And that's, here what, that's, where, that's where I need to try to wrap up. And I'll give you a passage to it. So, so we tear those ceiling tiles out, then what? We put in you. Um, we're tearing this stuff out over here, then we're putting in you. Okay? And then I'll just give you this last passage here that, uh, out of Philippians chapter number 4. Again, literally a passage that has changed my life. I'm almost there, Evie. Um, Philippians 4, verse 6, Be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And I want to slow down on that one. The peace of God shall keep your hearts and minds. Start paying attention when you go to the New Testament about minds, M-I-N-D-S. Um, now here's the last thing I'm going to give you. Finally, brethren, here it is. Tear that old stuff out. Okay, now what? Now, put this in. Whatsoever things are true. I know it, preacher. I, I know this is true. Do you really? Do you really? 
Make sure it's true. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Put some pure things in there. Um, you want me to give an example about that? Say, no, preacher, it's time to dismiss. I don't want you to give an example about that. But here's a good example about that. It reminds me of the, uh, of the woman that came to the preacher. You've heard me tell it before. The woman that comes to her preacher and says, Preacher, I need some help with my daughter. What's wrong with her? She likes boys. I need some help with my son. Why? Man, he seems to be crazy about women. Preacher, I need help. I have these sexual desires. You know. Oh my gosh. Bring out the holy water, you know. Bring, bring out the stick, you know. Let's hit them over the head. Let's do what we got to do. Instead of saying, wait a second. I'm talking about things that are pure. Well, exactly where those sexual desires come from. If it's a, a man toward a woman and a woman toward a man, or a boy toward a woman, where'd that come from? God. Think on things that are pure. You say, preacher, this doesn't sound very pure to me. Well, that's the problem. What could be more pure than get the, the purity part comes in this? God has placed in these young men's hearts, our old man hearts, desire, right? It's there. But God also said, but I've got the perfect thing for it. The devil says, oh man, yeah, just, just, uh, uh, just fornication, adultery, whatever it is, just that's the path. Uh, uh, pornography, that's the path. To where th that's not a pure thought. A pure thought is, you know what? God, thank you for putting this desire in me. I literally thank God that I like women. But I thank God more that I like woman. Right? That's pure. Marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled. So therefore, God's the one that put that in there. It's, there's nothing perverse about that. That's pure. God put that there. And it, it's a shame when our young people feel like perverts for liking women. Or liking, you know, for a young girl to like... And now, again, there's a pure side to it. But, um, so anyway, just thought I'd throw that in there. You're welcome. <laughs> Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. How about this one? Turn off the news. Whatsoever things are of good report. Whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise... Think on these things. Control it. Nope, not thinking about that, thinking about this instead. Not going that way, I'm going this way. In other words, you need to learn to take your thoughts captive before your thoughts take you captive. Amen? Uh, well, I apologize. I didn't leave any time for any further questions or comments, but I'll be available for a few minutes, and then I want to start. Oh, hey, before I get too far, 